episode 168, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season 4, episode 6, The Good Samaritan. Welcome to level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben. Ben Avery, I'm a guy who likes to talk about Marvel TV, Marvel movies, Marvel comics, all that stuff, just like you. And I know that because you're listening to a podcast of all that stuff. So let me just give you a brief rundown of what we're going to do here. We're going to talk about some news in just a moment, and we're going to talk about the episode with uh, Ghost Rider's origin. Then we'll have some listener feedback about maybe this episode and last episode. And then after the credits, we're going to talk about some Doctor Strange tie-in stuff to get us excited about the Doctor Strange movie that's coming out. So without any further ado, I'm going to play the sounder, go into the intelligence report, and go into the intelligence report with Agent Stewart. S.H.I.E.L.D. intelligence report. Okay, Agent Stu from DIUPA. Hey. And it's not the hey. UPA. It's not UPA. It's UPA. It's, ex- it's 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 actually yeah. It's it's spelled E H, you know? It's, yeah. it's that kind of A. So. U period P period E H question mark. Yeah. That's right, eh? So let's move on. Hey. Yeah, eh? Let's do this. We're going to talk about some news and there's not not a lot to talk about. So there's not a whole lot to talk about. Um, one of the the first the first story I got for you is we have some Defenders news, which I'm I'm a sucker for the Defenders news. So if you've listened to the show at all for the past couple of days, you'll know or weeks, you'll know that I am a sucker for the Defenders news. Um, we have Miss Misty Knight and Karen Page coming into this coming into the uh, Defenders series. Um, it makes me wonder who we might get from uh, a Jessica Jones uh, supporting cast. Uh, Luke Cage. Because <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that's that's where he <laughs> yeah. started, you know. So that's yeah. that's all I'm doing there. <laughs> yeah, um, I got that. Yeah, it yeah. took me a second. Um, took me a second. Uh, yeah. What? Oh, what's her name? I can't remember her friend's name. Trish. 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 And- Trish was in Netflix or was in Luke Cage. So there's that spoilers, but it's not how you think. It's not how you think, but I loved her. I guess you call it a cameo. Yeah, Yeah. sure. We'll call it a cameo. Yeah. Just, just keep a lookout. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's two where's Waldo's where's Stan Lee and where's Trish. (laughs) Right. Um, and then the other thing we found out was that it's, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. It's um eight episode miniseries, which takes me back because you know the stand these classic miniseries from you know growing up that 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 twigs the right thing in my brain. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. This was one of those things where on Facebook I got called out because I was wrong, but I thought it was going to be four for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah. For some reason, in my mind, I thought it was only going to be four episodes of the Defenders, and. I, I don't know where that came from, but for some people, they find out, oh, Defenders is only going to be eight episodes. 
Why not 13? For some people, they lost five episodes when that news was refueled officially. Other people had already done the math because they said 60 episodes. And it was four seasons of 13 episodes from Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. And then Defenders. Well, 60 episodes, that leaves eight episodes. If you multiply 13 by four, you get 52. And then there's me, who for me, I get the news and I'm like, wait, four bonus episodes. This is awesome. So, you know, it, I, when you when you live in ignorance, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just get some pleasure. You Ignorance literally was bliss for me in this situation. There you go. There you go. I was in the, uh, oh, man, we're losing five episodes camp. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then the next story I have, and you know, you should, you should know about this. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, I guess they're planning a prelude comic, which they've done for a bunch of the other stuff to Spider-Man homecoming. And I have to ask the question, is this where we're going to see uncle Ben get shot? Spoilers. <laughs> hey, I don't know, man. I don't think so though. I don't think so either. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're going to do it in the comic unless they are giving a flashback of something we see in the flashback in the movie. I don't know, but I don't know either. We'll have to see what happens in in July. Yeah, that article. Because uh, when you sent the link, it said something like finally the MCU is going to get comics that count or something like that. It was some weird <laughs> yeah title for the article. And I'm just like, wait a minute. And I read it. It's exactly the same prelude thing that they're doing for Spider-Man as what they've done for every other Marvel movie. Um, for Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, it's two issues of stuff that happens before the movie, which it might mm-hmm. be some of your, what you're talking about with, with early adventures of Spider-Man. And mm-hmm. then there's a bunch of old school and new comics from the actual Marvel comic book universe, the right. the six one six universe as we call it, and yeah, there's there's nothing special or grand there that's different. Uh, but I am excited. I mean, those books they're hit or miss, but I really like the Ant Man one. I thought the Ant Man was was pretty good. It was because that the Ant Man one goes back into uh, Hank Pym's adventures mm-hmm. as as a young Ant Man. And Guardians of the Galaxy one was okay because it gave us a couple adventures of Nebula and then of Groot and Rocket Raccoon. Just kind of the solo adventures there taking place before the movie. Um, but And the Doctor Strange one is not Doctor Strange at all. He's not in the ones that are tied into the MCU. But the backup comics are two of the newest series from Doctor Strange Issue, mm. issue ones and then also his first appearance his origin story and a classic story from the the 70s and it's a mm. nice it's a nice mix so mm. yeah i haven't i haven't i didn't even know about it until just like right now when you said that there's a doctor strange prelude so i'm gonna have to go find that yeah yeah I, well, <laughs> comicsology I, here i come oh yeah you could do that or you could go to amazon.com oh and get there through welcome to level 7.com slash amazon and then we actually get a, a small percentage of, of anything that you spend when you go to that link. You should totally go to that link yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's all the news I got for you, Ben. All right. Bye.
that was short. Oh, hey, there's there's one. Uh, it's the one you didn't want to do, though. Well, I mean, it's kind of like kind of a duh. Let's play no, some Jeopardy. It's not. OK, go ahead. Let's Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Uh, I'll take I'll take duh for 200, Ben. <laughs> All right. The director <laughs> of the four scenes that Stan Lee appeared in when they filmed his four appearances for four upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. James Gunn. Uh, Who is James Gunn? Thank you. Putting it in the form of a question. You're the one who wanted to do Jeopardy, and then you don't even do it right. And then I boff it. Yeah, it's totally awesome. Yeah, James Gunn directed all four of Stan Lee's appearances for the upcoming movies, which suggests to me that the ones that he directed are for Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, and the three movies after that. Which would make perfect sense. Yeah. Which would which would make perfect sense. Um, I, I was actually thinking that we were going to play duh about the other link that I sent, which was um, okay. Nick Fury says Shield. Sam Jackson <laughs> says that Shield will be back in the movies, and yeah. like, like no kidding. So there's yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So it was a, it was, a, it was a short news week. So yeah, that's the way the I like it. Yeah, let's let's. Uh, I, I've got um, Evan. David coming in to talk with me about the episode, The Good Samaritan, and some of Ghost Rider's origin story. And then post-credit, if all works out as planned, I might be editing this out if all does not work out as planned. But (laughs) post-credit, I'll be talking about this movie that I hold in my grubby little hands, (gasps) Doctor Strange 1978. Is that scary enough? (laughs) <laughs> uh, kind of yeah i hold i'm holding it in my hands and we'll see how this works out with release schedule and recording schedule and all that kind of thing but it'll be a now, nice yeah time to talk about some agents of shield so thank Go. you very much agent let's do thank you gonna play the sounder right about now mission report okay so i'm now here uh with agent evan evan welcome back Agents, I'm back. How's it going? How's it been? Man, I'm a warm rubbish. Obligatory lacrosse comment. Uh, All right, let's get Cubs. started. Mention the Cubs. Oh, yes. The Cubs, they're in the World Series. They've got like six touchdowns so far. It's awesome. Cubs, right. woo. There we go. All right. Thank you, Low Rent TV Daniel. <laughs> Do my job. Yep. Hey, doing it well. Doing thank it you. well. So thank you, Ben. I mean, <clears throat> something mildly insulting, Ben. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about the Good Samaritan? <laughs> yes. I'm ready to talk about the Good Samaritan. Because Let's that's do what it. we're here to do. We are here to talk about the Good Samaritan. <laughs> and yeah. how do you want to do this? That's the question. I, I think we almost need to go through it directly, you know. Act break by act break, I think. Okay. Let's let's do that. But then we'll, within the act breaks, kind of talk about what's going on with just the different sections that are going on. Because All right. There's, there are, at the beginning, there's kind of these divergent uh, storylines, but then the plot comes all together, ties itself together in a nice, neat braid. Because the other ones are all on their own and then they mix together at the end. Right, right. And yeah, lots of flashbacks, lots of skipping around and some twists. 
Yeah, yeah, lots of flashbacks. Two different people have flashbacks to their backstories. Yep, so you got uh, backstory galore in this. Is it Robbie? Yep, Robbie Reyes. That's right. And, and uh, his Uncle Eli. That's right. They both have flashbacks, but Lucy also gives us some flashbacking too. That's right. Okay, so, three people. All right, yeah. Ben, Captain, lead the way. All right, so here's our teaser. Momentum Energy, back in the day. And it just shows Eli, Lucy, Joseph, the other guys, and they're doing science. And the science that they've done has just created carbon because they've created something that absorbs matter, keeps it in a quantum state, and then brings it back in a different form. And, right. And that's, and they're, that's key. They're planning to, yeah, because they're planning... They're planning to use this stuff to, quote unquote, end starvation. Totally. They totally could. Yeah. And Eli has questions, though. How do we create matter from nothing? There was more energy that came out than we put in. What's going on here? And Lucy accidentally almost spills and says we had help from our book. And Joseph shuts her out pretty quickly. Um, yeah. And this is also where we do get a quantum leap joke. I'm convinced. I did not catch it. Well, they're talking about the quantum power cell, and one of the other guys says, I don't know how you made the leap. So <laughs> I'm positive that was an intentional quantum leap reference. Could have been. It, it I, is until I've like only seen one episode. Yeah. yeah. It, it is until you only see one episode of Quantum Leap. I haven't even seen the whole episode, Ben. I watched like 15 minutes of it. Was it because you couldn't get into it? Yeah. Um, My wife is actually the one who made me watch it. It's a good. It's a good show. It's a really, really good show. I might have to give it. A, it, it was the boxing episode. Oh, so. see, every science fiction show that has a boxing episode, it's never good. Yeah. It's, so it's maybe, maybe I need another, another episode. That's that's just my my generalization that I'm just going to throw right out there. Let's stop talking about Star Trek, Ben. This is not Star Trek. Okay. I'm just yeah. Oh, I trying see. Trying to throw it in where I can. Low, low red TV, Daniel. Got it. Got Good it. Job. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I we could have gone into Star Trek territory with with uh, Scott Bakula, <laughs> who it was in Quantum Leap and in Star Trek, but I didn't go that far. But you you did a good job heading it off the way Daniel would have. So thank yeah. you. Just yeah, trying to keep it real. So this sets us up with Eli still looking like the good guy. And yeah, well, like spoilers, Ben. Well, we kind of do this. This whole section is all spoilers always. Right. Okay. So. It's yeah, we're spoiling. He's uh, still looking like the good guy. Yes, he is. And they are not because they're keeping secrets. But about a creepy book that they found in a basement that has creepy, creepy creeps all inside of it. And am I am I imagining things or does the script on the cover of the book, which kind of looks like some sort of Asian lettering? Does it actually just spell dark hole? It in a does look like it is a vague. Um the vague shape of the word dark hold. Yeah. Have you ever heard of, a... of word shape theory or whatever? Like there's certain words where you, you look at them and you see the shape and that's what you recognize. You don't recognize the individual letters. Like the Disney logo. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even more simple, like, like the word the, or the word <laughs> said, like you, you don't, you don't read those with the individual letters. You read them by shape. Um, hmm. But yeah, de definitely like the Disney logo. And I think that this is 
I think a really good design element here with the Darkhold because it looks like it almost says Darkhold, but it's the shape of the word Darkhold. It becomes the viewer almost becomes a participant in the whole the book shows you whatever you see in your own language. Hmm. And I, I think that that's an intentional design element. If it is not, then I am giving them too much credit, but I, <laughs> it's just cheesy. I, I will gladly give them that, that credit. I don't think it's cheesy. It, you think it's cheesy? Well, okay. It's like an ancient, all powerful book. And the cover is says dark hold in English in a fancy. It doesn't font. say dark hold. Th- those letters are not there. But are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe your credit is is due to the to the people. I, I think it is. I think it's meant to be the shape of the word, because at first I did think it actually did say Darkhold, like early on in some of the other ti- times we saw the book, and then as I kept seeing more and more of it, I was like, that does not that doesn't say Darkhold. That doesn't say Darkhold. If I'm wrong, then again I give them credit for tricking me. <laughs> To, for tricking me into giving them credit. So I'm giving them credit for tricking me into giving them credit they don't deserve. Either way, they deserve some credit. Okay, I'm, try- I'm trying to look up the book cover so I can prove you wrong. Cool, okay. But, but... Well, yeah, okay, they're, they're, in the, they're in the vague shape of the letters... Where it, it's kind of like one of those things where if you flip it upside down, it kind of says the same thing. Yeah, but one it's of those not the that, actual you know letters. Saying? No, it's not. And it's better than the actual book from the Marvel Comics, which just has a giant D on the front of it. In some variations, it might. Not in the one that I just read recently. Okay. Yeah, which I was surprised. I read a Doctor Strange versus Dracula comic for Comic Book Time Machine, and the Darkhold was like the main plot point, the main MacGuffin. And the whole thing. I, I was really surprised. So anyway, uh, anything more to say about this uh, this section here? I don't think so. Kind of a cool, cool way to MCU the book or the MCU the reason for having those quantum thingies. Give it a cool application to use for good. Uh, you know, you pour a bunch of salt water in there and it comes out as rice. Yeah. Or some, yeah. to feed people. I mean. I mean, we're in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids territory in some ways. Yeah. Where, you know, but it's the same kind of thing where the science, the the thing they were creating, where they are, they're definitely diving into a dark side of some form of science. And they might think it's magic, so they maybe they even are believe that they're di- delving into dark side of magic. But what they're diving into, they're diving into with supposedly pure motives. Right. And, and that's that's your classic have we gone too far sci-fi kind of trope, you know, creating Frankenstein or, or the transporter in the fly or, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, There's definitely that element here. Uh, And you think Eli is the one who's saying, have we gone too far? But well, we'll find out differently. (laughs) Yes. Moving into act one. Let's see. Let's talk about, Ghost Lady, Lucy and Eli. Um, Lucy has gone into the chamber where back at um, uh, Momentum Energy, and she's already been there when we come in. And she took down the shield guards and took all the pieces except for the chamber that she really needed. 
and she and Eli are looking at the book and they're talking about how the experiment failed because there wasn't enough power. And Lucy says it didn't fail. It was sabotaged. And I'm thinking that's kind of a weird, weird thing. Oh, must've been Eli. Cause he's trying to stop them from doing their dark evil deeds. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I believe, was it not him? Did they, did we find out who it was? No, I don't think we did. Okay. I don't think we did. I believe then in in this segment, we also get what her motivation is now. And and I thought it was just a portion of what her motivation is. Her motivation to do all this is to bring her back and make her normal again. Right. That's why she's been doing all the stuff she's been doing. It is right. not to have ultimate power from the Darkhold. At least that's the way I'm reading it. That's the way I read it too. Um, so here she says, you're going to put me back to right. And then I don't, I can't remember. She said they're going to do something after that as well, but might that, remember either. Yeah, definitely. Once we know more about their story, this, this sheds more light on what she's doing and why she, first of all, needs Eli thought about Eli first. Um, yeah, but there he is. And it looks like he is just being that he's helping her out because he has to. And they are hooking this up to a power plant because they need more power. And the power plant could blow up and affect thousands of people. Well, it's a Roxxon power plant that was shut down a long, long time ago. Oh, man. Yeah, that's wait. Roxxon? Can't wait to get to that part. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So then let's talk uh, Simmons because Simmons in this segment here, this black bag is for you. Yeah, gets an assignment from Mace. <laughs> help me help the U.S. to help me help the USA to help us. <laughs> that was a good scene. And he gives it. I love it when he gives her the bag. That was fun. Oh, man. That was not cool, though. <laughs> no, it was not cool, but it was funny. Oh, your Quinjet's here. Oh, we're going on a Quinjet. No, I'm going on a Quinjet. You're going to take this bag, put it over your face, and you're going to go somewhere that you you can't know where it is like this is bad news <laughs> this is really bad news yeah and i enjoy in this season we're getting a couple of different villains um we've obviously got eli is a bad, bad guy now that we know that and uh we had the ghost people but now we also have that senator lady who is blackmailing the director um we didn't see her in this episode but she's the one who tipped him off to Ghost Rider and Daisy being with Coulson. Yeah. Yeah. And we still don't know their relationship. The relationship between the, oh, her name's Ellen, I think. I can't remember her name. Okay. But uh, a relationship between her and Mace, we don't know what their relationship is. But they definitely know each other. And they're, they did not meet for the first time when they got in the car last episode. So. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't trust him. And of course he says the team that trusts is the team that triumphs. Yeah. But Simmons did not let him finish it this time. No, nope, nope, don't. You're going to put a bag on my head. No, no, we're done. Now, Ben, you don't trust him, but do you like him? I am liking him less and less, and I'm waiting for him to prove to me that he is worth liking again. Um, because of the way he's doing things, it could go either way. Yeah. 
they, and they're doing like a good it. job of drawing the character for us to say, you know, he could be a, a protagonist or he could be an antagonist. He is definitely one of Coulson's antagonists. Um, yeah, he's causing problems for Coulson in Coulson's search to do right and find this this dark old thing. But yeah, do you like him? I do. Um, I think he's a. I I like people with super strength. Um, especially if they're big people, because I feel like <laughs> I don't know, because like, a lot of time we get like in these sort of shows we get like five foot tall girls who have super strength and that's okay. But it's in the comic books you get, it, it's pretty much all just gigantic dudes. And so I like it when we have gigantic dudes with super strength on the he's screen. He's not really a gigantic dude. He's really tall. Yeah. But I mean, he's tall, but he's typically proportioned. I think he's, he's, tall uh, he's and fit. He seems muscular to me. Well, we're going to get more into his powers later on. Okay. Because that fight at the end. Yeah. Man, there's there's stuff to talk about with that fight. So what else we have going on this act? We have uh, Quake going to get Gabe. So Daisy and Gabe then come to uh, the the plane and where where Robbie is. And this is where Gabe says, man, I, I know your secret. I've wanted to tell you for a long time, Robbie says. And Gabe says, yeah, I mean, but how do you tell your brother that you're a, a secret agent? <laughs> <laughs> this explains everything. Yeah. And Gabe's like, oh, I, I thought it was really something else. I thought it was something bad. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About that. And so, Daisy's right there just feeding it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. It's yeah. tough. It's tough being a secret agent, isn't it, Gabe? Or isn't it, Robbie? Yeah, it is. <laughs> she's looking out for him. She is trying to. But she's recognizing Gabe's influence on Robbie, and she's recognizing the positive uh, that he brings to Robbie's life. But then they're also bringing Gabe there because they're afraid that people who are after Eli might target Gabe. And so they, they brought him because they had no choice. That's the best place they can take him to protect him. So, yeah, and it, it's a pretty good place to be. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a good place to be, except for when the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes <laughs> to take Quake and Ghost Rider into custody. And that's how we end our first act is Mace is on his way. And we begin act two with Coulson greeting uh, Mace and Jeff <laughs> Phil <laughs> and uh, that's a good little conversation there. That was it, funny. It is. That's the, that's the conversation where they're talking about, you know, this is a, this is a, um, a wild goose chase. Well, I have no geese. I have no geese. I'm goose free. <laughs> we have zero geese. So. And then we also have some conversations about rebels versus heroes and how Colson might think he's, he's some sort of rebel who's standing up against um, some sort of bad, <laughs> This is where you get Coulson's take on the Star Wars trilogy, the original yes. Star Wars trilogy. Personally, I always thought Admiral Akbar was the real hero. The unsung hero. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Coulson, uh. I was with you. I was with you. 
And then you came here. But basically, Admiral Akbar has was the guy who was behind the scenes on the ship, plotting everything out and basically yeah. being a Coulson, you know? Basically. He's hey, the man yeah. with the plan. If you watch the Clone Wars series, you get to see Admiral Akbar in action. He's pretty swell. Of course, he wasn't an admiral then. He was like a He's corporal or something. Swell. Yeah. Like, is this, is this Agent Carter now that we've just stepped into a time warp and you're. Hey, I say swell. You know who my favorite superhero is, Ben? I do. Yeah. What does he say all the time in the one movie that he's in? Great. Where Scott. he says that. Yeah, he says that. But I'm talking about 1978. He says swell. And Lois Lane talks to him the exact way you just talked to me. So, yeah, yeah. What, what does that There's say? There's a reason because that was 1978. We are almost 40 <laughs> years later. Almost. <laughs> if Superman says it, it's good enough for me. That's what I'm saying. Well, here's what Mace is saying. He's saying we can't afford to be in business with a murderer. He's saying you think yourself as a rebel and I'm the evil empire. But that's not the case. I'm here to get Ghost Rider because Ghost Rider is a killer. He is a, a murderer. murderer. He is a murdering murderer who murders. And feels like those guys had it coming. Uh, kind of. I mean, Phil, Phil recognizes this. And, and yes. we get this in later conversation where he's like, you know, you're right. He does need to pay. But that's that's not today. We need him for other stuff right now. He's the only one that can hurt the ghost people. He's only, yeah. So from there in act two, we get into the backstory stuff. Quake, Ghost Rider, and Gabe are all put into the um, the glass elevator from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory thing. Or the, I mean, that's what it is to me. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a flying elevator. But they lower it out of the plane, underneath the plane, so that... Mace and his people won't see them and won't see it. And so they're in there and they have some conversation time. And Gabe, he says, I'm not worried about falling. I'm worried about the stuff you're not telling me because we are now hiding on your plane that you brought me into where I'm supposed to be safe. Why, why would you have to hide? You know? And Robbie basically, this is where he comes clean. He says, I can't lie to you anymore. You deserve the truth. You deserve all the truth. And we go back in the day. And we see uh, Robbie taking their uncle's car, going on a business opportunity, which is basically street racing, which this is straight from the comic books. Uh, is it? Well, this character element where that's how he started was was he was doing all the street racing. That's where he got involved in the criminal element that caused trouble for him. And so but he brings his brother. That's not from the comics. Okay. That's not for the comics. In, in the comics, Gabe, it's something he, he was born with. Okay. It, it, it was not uh, this accident. He, he, he was born with, with a disability. So, so we find out that the, the bad guys or the, the gang members are, th they're targeting them because of Eli. the uncle. Okay. Yeah. Cause I thought they were targeting him because the car race was a trap. Well, the car something. race was a trap. And set, but they were but, hired by Eli's by Eli's enemies by Joseph. They were hired to take out Eli, but these 
but they were in the car, and so they got attacked, thinking it was Eli. Right. So, but it was Joseph who 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 hired them to do the attack. Okay. And that's something that Lucy reveals later. She says, you were not the intended victims. Okay. Yeah. All right. It makes sense. So this is where we get into some of the blame game stuff where Robbie says it was my fault. Gabe says it was not your fault. And Robbie <laughs> says, I did a lot of wrong things that night. And one of them was bringing you. And, and then we see the accident and we see that the car has been shot up. It flips over. Gabe takes over the flashback. So that's a fourth flashbacker that we have here. Um, <laughs> yes. And he says, I couldn't move. I couldn't feel my legs. And I was sure you were dead. And we go to commercial break for our mid episode twist. Robbie says, that's because I was dead. So. Bum, bum, yeah. And then one thing we did skip over here for this act is that Fitz and May are figuring out the problem. Um, they're trying to figure out why does Lucy think she can su succeed now. And Fitz is kind of stressing out because Simmons is not returning his calls. He doesn't like the new director, doesn't trust the new director rather. And they're hunting Daisy like an animal. He hates it. And he's mad about people searching his lab. Yeah. Well, he turns around and there's guys with guns coming into the lab. <laughs> like, wait, wait. <laughs> so. That was funny. <laughs> so we come into act three and Fitz He's got some leads here and now we get an agent Carter reference. This was fun. I know. I was so excited. You know, I was thinking early on in the episode, I actually think it was the tag. I was like, I should look up and see if, if momentum energy is tied into, to that. I, and I couldn't remember what it was in, in agent Carter, but it was tied into the, the evil organization in agent Carter. Isodyne. Yeah. Well, now I know because then they, then they dropped the word. They, they actually said Isodyne and it's tied into Roxxon and, they were doing stuff with dark matter or dark energy. Yep. And it's just like, oh, yes, yes. And it gave me hope for some flashbacks to Agent Carter at some point in the future. Me too. Me too. Can't and wait. And you know what? You can have hope because where there is life, there is hope. Is it just me or does whenever the commercials for conviction come on during the, the commercial breaks for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I just boo the TV? I don't boo, but I'm not paying attention. I do boo because they took Peggy away from me for that show. Yeah. Nobody wants that show. We want agent Carter. It's not doing well either from what I understand. <sighs> Good. No, no, back. you are, you are cheering the, <laughs> you don't cheer for bad things to happen to good people. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cheering for, but I'm cheering for good things to happen by people losing their jobs. No, for them to get new jobs on Agent Carter. So you want the team on the show that you are not interested in at all to be doing a show you want them to do? Yeah. But they're creating a show that you don't like. That's okay. I'm sure they're all talented people. I just want Agent Carter back. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but I would settle for a flashback or two to just give us some closure. That's I would settle See, for that. Ben, is it cheering for bad things to happen? If the Indians are playing the Cubs, one of them's got to lose. Yeah, but that's not what you're doing when you cheer for a show to be canceled because okay. a lot of people lose their livelihood when shows get canceled. 
You're right. I was wrong. Yeah. So the Indians are not going to lose their livelihood just because they lose the World Series or if they win. Um, Forgive me, conviction. I feel convicted. Let's talk about some Over, conviction okay. here, okay? Because we go back to the flashback here. And this is stuff that Robbie is not happy about. This is stuff that Robbie is not... Um, he feels guilty about what he did. Uh, we find out that there was a good Samaritan that came along. Gabe didn't see who it was. He just calls him some good Samaritan. And a good Samaritan, you know, it's it's being used in the common sense of the phrase, someone who stops to help someone else who's been in, in a, in an accident or something like that. And that's right. where we get some, the, the good Samaritan laws. That's where we, that's where we get the series finale of Seinfeld where they all just stand and watch someone is being robbed, I think, and they don't help at all. And they're just making jokes while this guy is getting robbed. And then that's uh, the season's finale of Seinfeld. That's, that's not something to talk about right now. <laughs> So a motorcycle pulls up, helps Gabe get out of the car and then goes over and does something with Robbie. He says, I never saw him. He was just some good Samaritan. I never saw him, uh, but I know he came up on a motorcycle. And then the motorcycle pulls up and I realize yep. that's a motorcycle. Yep. I and was then thinking you the same see thing. the boots of the guy getting off. And I realize that's not just some you know, guy in, in jeans and cowboy boots. That's not renegade. Johnny Blaze. Do you know that reference, by the way? Renegade. No, I, I, I laugh to humor you. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought. But someone out there listening right now got that reference and they said, Ooh, ha, ha, ha. okay. Anyway, Johnny Blaze. I think so. I think so. I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, think it's Johnny Blaze. I texted you that before we ever saw his face. Oh man. It was just, I couldn't believe they were doing this. I couldn't believe they were showing this. They were not just referencing people who came before. They were not showing a flashback of someone who had something similar to what Robbie has going on. No, it's direct passing on the torch or the torched head anyway. Well, we don't know. Well, it could it could be passing the torch or it could just be like, hey. He's, Let's do this together. Well, no, maybe he's passing the torch. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's sharing the torch. Right. Um, but you can, he's passing on the flame. Yeah. Let's put it that way. He's not actually giving the torch, but he's lighting now Robbie's flame. And so he, they show him, he's thrown from the car, which at first I was like, that's kind of cheese ball. But then it pulled me in. I mean, he's flying through the air, slow motion. You thought that was cheese ball? I did at first. Oh, I love that. I, I made a note of it. I was like, oh, those are really good special effects. Yeah, well, the special effects looked great. But the idea of it. And until wow. I... Yeah. Anyway, he I says when he's thrown from the car, he begged God, he begged the universe, he begged anyone at all that you'd be spared. And he hit the street and he died and then there was darkness, and then the Good Samaritan came, and there was a voice that asked him if he wanted a second chance to punish the people who hurt the brother, to avenge his own death. That someone, the devil, passed on to me, you know, this power, but he had to, he swore that he would go after those who spilled innocent blood. So, Ben. So the thing inside him craves vengeance. 
let's yeah let's take let's take a minute and let's talk about this what is happening here is are we thinking that the devil gave him the powers or are we just thinking johnny blaze was the one talking to him and gave him the powers i don't think it was the devil i I don't think this is the mcu mephisto giving him the power or anything like that i do i still believe that this is something that's from another dimension that is something we don't understand um it quite honestly could be some form of psychic beast from another dimension that does crave maybe a literal hunger uh vengeance and and the death of guilty souls or something like that um because the thing that w- was put inside him craves craves vengeance and it is tied into the idea of going after those who spill innocent blood but it's also powering him up for that and see the whole ghost rider thing and honestly even some of the spawn stuff where you have these characters who visually it's it's a great idea and maybe even on some level, some part of the concept is a great idea, but it's basically I'm Satan. I'm going to power up you to fight me eventually. Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. make sense to me that anyone Satan or anyone would intentionally give someone enough power to actually thwart your plans. Well, yeah. And here's, here's the other thing. It's like, you know, it's different if you're doing like a crime story and the mob boss gives you like the most powerful gun and then you have a change of heart and you turn that gun back on the mob boss. Well, if it's the devil giving you the power, he can take it back away. You would think. Right. But yeah. Then, I mean, I mean, so you have to get into some really awkward or weird or not very well written um plot gymnastics to say well the reason he can't take it back is because well the signed contract said you know and yeah it's just one of those things where the whole deal with the devil thing those stories can work for me when it's the character makes a deal with the devil and then there's the twist that makes it so it doesn't you know it's it's the whole people's court on saturday night live with john lovitz where he he's the devil and he's being sued by a woman who asked him to make her the best hairdresser ever in the in the world. And he does. But the thing is, whenever she does someone's hair now, their hair is perfect forever. And so there's no repeat business. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, it backfires. Yeah. And so the judge is like, hey did you do this? And John Lovitz plays it perfectly. He just looks at, he says, Hey, I'm the devil. It's what I do. You know, and it's just the perfect thing. It was, it, it just is that, that they take those, that trope of, of the deal with the devil thing. They, they're making fun of it, but at the same time, they're, they're really just showing why it, what it works because you make a deal with the devil, you're going to get burned, you know, hmm. no matter what. Um, and then the Ghost Rider story becomes about trying to get out of it, you know, and trying to to get around it. And, um, yeah, I, yeah. You, you just you would think. No, I mean, not that that Ghost Rider ever goes up against the devil and it goes toe to toe with him with the same amount of power. But, yeah. Yeah, this is this is why I don't like Ghost Rider. And I'm just going to come out and say it. My other name besides Low Rent TV Daniel is Negative Ned. Because 
I was not thrilled at all when I heard that Ghost Rider was was on the on the show. And that that's that's my one of my main reasons is that his character is stupid. Well, not the character necessarily, but the the idea behind it is kind of dumb because of what we just talked about. Yeah. Um, but yeah. all that said, they have had some interesting stories and stories that I've liked with the character, even in spite of all the stuff that we're talking about here. Um, and I think this is one of them. And I think that this, that if they do it right, Evan, I think you're going to come around on the character in this version. Okay. I, I'm, I think if they take it in some of the directions that we've been talking about, like that, it's not an actual deal with the devil, you know, that it is right. That it's interdimensional thing, some sort of thing that is, is something other than, but that the spirit of vengeance really is like a, an extra dimensional being or something like that, where they're, the, the extra dimensional being is in a symbiotic relationship with the physical body that it needs in order to, to feel, I, I think that they might be able to take it in a place where you'll be able to say, I don't like Ghost Rider. I think he's a stupid character, but they MCU'd him well. I, I, that's what I'm thinking. All right. We'll I, see. We will see. Yes, we will. But here's, okay, so now we get into some interesting stuff too, where he says he's done this. He's sworn to go after those who, who spilled innocent blood. He's sworn to avenge the, his brother's terrible wound and gabe says to him and i love this he says don't you put their blood on me (laughs) you it's not your fault it wasn't your fault you are taking on this responsibility that you don't need to take on it is not my fault you killed those guys robbie had a good quote here um where he says where his brother says uh you know that was just bad luck and Robbie says, there's no such thing as luck. There's decisions and consequences. Yeah. I thought that was good. That is good. That is really good, actually. But I I just, Gabe is right. You know, it is yes. not, I mean, it is not, Robbie made the wrong choice to go out and be judge, jury, and executioner. Mm-hmm. And that Gabe is his motivation that puts a, it puts a very heavy weight on Gabe if Gabe accepts it, and he doesn't. Well, Ro- Robbie also says it's not him. It's the thing inside him. Yeah, the thing that craves vengeance. Right. He, he, he's emphatic about that. Like, that, that was not me. That was this thing. Mm. And he, I, he, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping they give us more of that struggle then. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, he comes right out and says that, and and they're both they're both passing the buck. Gabe rightly, um, Robbie, I don't know. We'll find out. I, I I'm convinced that we will find out what what's really going on inside him. If this is really a matter of possession from some sort of outside force, or whether this is um, Robbie Robbie's got the power, and it's it's him that's that's guiding the spirit of vengeance i hope it's more like uh uh venom where because eddie brock's not possessed but he is under the influence and the it's it's uh it's like you're an alcoholic and you're living in a bar mm-hmm. or something like that i mean you're much more susceptible to give in to those 
those things because it's just there all the time. So I hope it's something like that where it's an inner struggle uh, battle in, in the soul. Well, an inner struggle is definitely more interesting. Yes. Um, or at the least, an inner struggle with an external force. Yeah. So. Okay, so then we get some theories about what this thing is that's not us theorizing. It's Mac <laughs> and Coulson. <laughs> um, so we get this the final part of the confrontation between Mace and Coulson is that Mace says, you know what? We didn't find anything on the plane. And I appreciate that you didn't lie to me, Phil, because technically they're not on the plane. But they then bring the glass elevator. <laughs> I know it's not made out of glass. I know it's not really an elevator, but it's just the Willy Wonka <laughs> elevator to me, man. Uh, they bring it back up. So Quake, Ghost Rider, Gabe, they're all trapped inside. During this tense scene, Fitz comes in, says, I need help because I can't track down Lucy. I need someone to give me permission to be able to access these files. And meanwhile, Ghost Rider is like, man, I got to get out of here because if you're not going to, because Mace says, you know, we're, we're turning around, we're going back to the base. And Robbie's like, no, we got to find my Uncle Eli. We got to help my Uncle Eli. And he starts punching the wall. Everyone's convinced, yeah, they can't get out. It's okay. And this is Mac when he says, well, uh, what's going on with him? And Cole says, well, he claims he made a deal with the devil. And um, <laughs> the rationalist in me wants to agree that he didn't. But the flaming skull gives a pretty co convincing argument for Hail Satan. And like just the way he says it, it's like perfect. Um, and Ghost Rider pounds his way out. And Fitz is like, that is impossible. Yep, that <laughs> is impossible, which gives us, again, the impression there is something more than just a power up going on <laughs> here. Um, and then we get the fight. Act four. The yes. Fight. And so and that's another thing like. The uh the director is you know he's a superhuman inhuman maybe I'm well not, yeah I'm that's what he convinced. claims yeah I I think he might have been we we talked about this last episode but I think that the lie that he was telling was not about the situation in Vienna but was about him being actually an inhuman he's not mm. I don't think he's an inhuman it would be cool if they tied him back to the super soldier program I think that's the direction we're gonna go in. That'd be but awesome. then again, the way that his power is manifested here, I don't know what he is. He, I, I'm also not convinced he's not an android. That'd be interesting too. You know, I hope they, you know, he kept referencing uh, World War II stuff, and then we keep getting this Agent Carter stuff. So I'm hoping that there's going to be a really good Agent Carter tie-in. Sorry, I just, I just they, remembered that he was. Yeah, I mean, talking about that. So the fight's cool. They're punching. It's punchy, 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 punchy. But then it becomes Ghost Rider just wailing on Jeffrey's face. Yep. Just punching and punching. And this is what I wanted to talk about with his powers. He shows no wounds. There is no. Jeffrey? Yeah. Mm. I, I Unless it's, it was subtle enough that I didn't catch it. But there's no bruising. There's no bleeding. There's no black eyes. There's no. Yep. I mean, it's just punch, punch, punch. Super powered punch. After super powered punch. What is this guy? And and that's what makes me wonder if, if, if the android side. But then there's also, I mean, could he be LMD? 
Well, that'd be really funny if he was an LMD from like 1942 or something. And it would be, or, or it'd be awesome if he was even just an LMD from Radcliffe. And Radcliffe is kind of, you know, more than he seems. I don't know. The, time, the timeline cool. doesn't work exactly based on what Radcliffe is telling us. I mean, he could always be lying, I guess. But yeah. But then the other thing I'm wondering is, is he tying into that super soldier serum, the search for the perfect soldier? Um, which, I mean, that is part of his backstory in the comics is he was a someone who put on the Captain America costume after Captain yeah. America was frozen in ice and disappeared for decades. I, I'd love it if they did more with that. I mean, we've really only gotten, what, the Hulk out of the Super Soldier program other than Cap? Uh, and Well, was it Hulk or was it Abomination? I don't know. If uh, oh, yeah, it, it was Abomination. Abomination yeah. was part of that. But right. Yeah. But they talk about it a lot. Yeah. And you know who else came out of the Super Soldier program? Man. Thing. Red Skull. Man. Thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, maybe not in this continuity, but I, I have to bring it up every time. <laughs> wouldn't it be wouldn't it be awesome if he shows up eventually in the show? Man thing? Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be very awesome. I mean they mentioned him. They did. They could pull I, him out. That's that's enough for me. The, the mention is enough. But if he actually shows up I yeah, I mean they they've proved they can do some advanced character modeling with their uh, special effects budget. So who knows? Could show up for an episode. Or I, I'd be happy if just Ted Salas showed up. Who Is was, he Man Thing? He's Man Thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before he got transformed, but in Man Thing form, he does not remember his previous life. He just has vague impressions of feelings and stuff. So okay. Yeah. Anyway, the fight is over because I, I love the look. Coulson just gives Gabe a look like you're the only one who can do anything. Mm. And Gabe yells, stop, Robbie. I'm your little brother. You love me. And now you have a flaming skull. <laughs> it's time to back down and put out the flames. And he does. Uh, Robbie has the realization and Robbie takes control of either himself or the spirit of vengeance that cries out for, for vengeance. Uh, how, how much younger is, is his brother than him? I, I don't know. I, I want to say like five, six years. Cause they're tre- Cause I feel like they're treating him like he's, he's a lot younger. Uh, Cause like even, even Daisy was like, you know, close your eyes, which is, which is understandable. You don't want to see your brother's felt face melt off, but yeah, I, I don't feel like they're treating him younger. I mean, he's a high school student. Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what they're talking about, the studying and the homework and stuff like You're that. You're right. You're right. I thought he was in college. No, not yet. So let's talk about Fitz, because this is where we get Fitz and Mac looking up the zero matter, the dark force, and Mac gets the line, are there focus groups for evil things? And, yeah. <laughs> and they realize, oh, she needs power, rocks on power plants. Uh, and then we get the conversation with Phil and Jeff. We don't ne- negotiate with terrorists. And, well, you, you know, you're sounding a little Fox News to me, Jeff, but you're not wrong. And you will have, have to pay for what he did. I agree, but today is not that day. So they're going to go. And they're making a plan. And meanwhile, Eli and Lucy turn on the plant. And this is where Lucy says, well, 
yeah. No, this this flashback is still this flashback is still Eli's, I think, because this is where we see Joe is basically going insane, and they got to get the book from him. And Eli's like, I don't even know what the project's goal is anymore. Um, but we find out Joseph wants to be a god. And Lucy says, that's where, you, where do you think that book came from? And it, I think it's Eli who says, God did not write that book. The devil did. Mm. And mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. So, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has maybe two versions of the devil. One was Hive, who's an alien. And now we have this other one that could be an extra dimensional tie-in to Doctor Strange. Uh, Except that Hive was a early creature that inspired some of the devil legends. Right. Which and, is, that's what I meant. And this, when he, when he says God did not write that book, the devil did. I'm, I'm not convinced that he knows that the devil wrote the book. I think this is him saying it's evil. So it's not from God. But you're evil, Eli. Yeah, but not so, yet. Not so much yes, yet. He's still plot. He's plotting this whole time to take them down. Back then, I think he's still figuring things out. At this point, I think he's still figuring well, things out. How, how far? How far was that from when? At the end of the episode, when we see the flashback, and he's he's ghost busted all of his colleagues. I, I think that this is before then. Yeah, because I think that. Well, we'll get to it. Anyway, the power plant is on. It's if it goes up, it's going to destroy the dam, kill thousands of people. And the whole team has to go in except for Quake because she's on the injured reserve list. Um, and she can't hack in because it's pre-internet. So the team goes in and Robbie gets to confront Lucy. He sends Colson and Fitz on to find Eli. And Lucy says, oh, you're Eli's nephew, Gabriel, like the angel. <laughs> and Robbie gets to say, no, I'm the other one. Nice. Double nice meaning. setup, ghost lady. Double oh, yeah. meaning. I'm also the other son or the other nephew. And I'm the other spiritual being. I'm not an angel. I'm no angel. Yep. Nice line. Final act. We find out that Joe hired the gang to kill Eli. See, so what, this is what I'm saying, Ben. It's not a crime of passion. You don't just go out and hire thugs to kill people. No, wait. I'm, I'm arguing for the wrong thing. Yeah, you are. Joe is trying to kill Eli. But also, you don't just go around and on a whim ghost bust all your colleagues. No, but I think that that is after he's gotten his hands on things, realized what's going on. And, and that's when he starts going after his colleagues, when he's he's trying to put things into play for him. Uh, I uh, that's uh, the timeline is not spelled out in all in, in, in detail with all these fl flashbacks and stuff. We just know eventually Eli realized what the book was and started trying to turn things away on his own. And Joe hires people to kill Eli. And then Eli goes after Joe to get the book, not because he was so mad at what Joe had done to, to their colleagues. 
So you're right. So what's going to happen with the book? Well, Phil finds it, gives it to May Mm -hmm. because she's the only one he can trust. Getting it hidden is highest priority. Okay. That's great. But everything's already in motion and they can't power down the power plant. And they find out they use the book and Max like what to put a spell on this. Is that why we can't turn it off? And it's like, no, no, of course not. They use the book to find new quantum power things or something. But uh, they decide to get the perpetual EMP on the Zephyr, but they can't communicate with anyone. So everyone's now running around trying to find each other and find the stuff that they need. And then we find out. Eli planned this whole thing. <gasps> it was yep. all. So Eli, he's the one who, like you said, ghost busted, I guess his colleagues put them in the boxes. Yep. Uh, including Lucy. And he. Yeah, it was his. Did, now, so he got arrested for killing Joe or for for assaulting yeah, yeah. him. He got okay. arrested for assaulting Joe. He was in jail and in jail. He was making all these plans. And then all these things happened. And so I'm, I'm wondering if he was instrumental in getting Lucy's box out of deep storage or whatever. I don't know. But and letting her out. Mm. I'm wondering what I couldn't tell was if Eli was making plans in prison and then all of a sudden things happened in his favor so that he could come out and do the plan he wanted to do, but he didn't have to do all of the, the details of his plan because shield sprung him from jail, right. you know, um, Robbie kills Lucy because He's Ghost Rider and, and she's not innocent. Well, and she tried to kill him. She did. And she says, you're she just tried like to your him. uncle. Yeah. And he says, maybe I'm not. I wasn't clear, you know, and he touches <laughs> her and you have the same fire as your uncle. No, mine's worse. Well, bum, bum, bum. I don't know. I mean, maybe the literal physical fire, but Eli, he, all, I, he gets all the cool lines. He, he does get some good lines in this episode. And this episode had a lot of good lines in it, though. A lot of good lines. So Eli activates activates the machine. Coulson has figured out what's going on. And so he starts pulling wires and stuff. And the, the machine gets activated. And Eli steps out of the chamber and creates something out of nothing. Oh, so I want to talk to you about that. Is 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 he is that comic book accurate or, or are we going to see him be a new character? Well, Eli, the character and now I'm, uh, this is getting more and more vague in my memory, but my, my understanding of Eli, the character uncle Eli was into the occult. Okay. And so there is that, um, but he wasn't like the super villain. Uh, he, he, he was, more he's the one who kind of brought the curse down on on Robbie. Okay. So on the off chance that we are using him to MCU another Marvel villain. Who do you think it could be? No idea. Okay. No idea. Just thought I'd ask. So I'm a DC guy as we all know cuz I'm low rent. 
And so we, on a Marvel podcast, we go to commercial and Phil Coulson's voice says, stay tuned for more Marvel. Go to commercial and we get our tag scene. <laughs> Which is not uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all. Nope. Nope. And they didn't Doctor try and Strange. do they didn't try and do a Winter Soldier, which do you, I don't know if you remember that one. I don't know if I do. Well, Winter Soldier was like we get to see where where uh, Fury was, and so we get we got the car chase scene oh. in that. And no, but they, I mean they've done this with pretty much every time a movie has come out, the the tag scene is devoted to a, a long commercial for the movie. Was that for Age of Ultron too? Pretty sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we made fun of it because Jying or not Jying, Flower Girl says that you know, she sees the robots and makes the wrong prediction about the future, and then we see what she saw in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was fun. So cool scene though. Yeah. It was, it was, I liked the scene, but I, I'm just ready to see the movie and I wanted to see more agents of shield. We lost 30 seconds of it. 40 seconds. Well, and, then we, and then we find out we're not having a new episode till what? The 24th, November 29th, 29th. <laughs> Good grief. So, yeah. Was that four weeks? Almost. And you know what that does? Well, our next episode will be Dr. Strange. It'll come out next week. And then we are going to be having time. To finish Jessica Jones. Nice. So and then what... move on to Luke Cage, Daredevil season two. Yeah, yeah. But that'll be later. But for this break, our focus will be on getting, I think, three more episodes of Jessica Jones out. But those three episodes will have doubled up coverage. So we'll be we'll be taking on two episodes per two Netflix Jessica Jones episodes per Welcome to Level 7 podcast episodes. That's that's the plan. Okay. And I think it's doable. I think it's doable. We'll see. We will see. Overall, what did you think of the episode? Did you like it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just not a Ghost Rider guy, Ben. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> it was cool to see, like, even though I'm not a fan of the character or, like, anything he's in, I'm always happy to see them sticking to the source material. Um, and so it was good to see Johnny Blaze, even though I don't like him. It was kind of cool to see them making, you know, the MCU him. He's in, he's now in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, cause it was kind of, it was kind of jarring to me to see, uh, Robbie come in on the first, you know, the first episode in with the car because that's, I don't know anything about that Ghost Rider from the comics. So it was kind of jarring to see him in a car. Uh, it, it just wasn't classic Ghost Rider. So it's nice to see them stick into the comic books there. But other than other than Ghost Rider being, you know, Ghost Rider, yeah, I, did, I really liked this episode. I enjoyed uh, especially the Agent Carter callbacks. We had some good humor, good action. And I like the cliffhanger. Everybody's disappeared who was inside the... Uh, the power plant. I like this episode a lot too. And I did not like the news that they're not returning until the 29th, but this is a mid 
So you have your mid-season cliffhanger. This is our mid-mid-season cliffhanger. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, this means that we'll have probably shows through Christmas, which doesn't usually happen. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where they go with this. Yeah. And, and maybe they're going to spread out the, the breaks a little more like this every time. We'll see. You know, you know what? The, it might be so they can tweak the scripts after they go and see Doctor Strange. <laughs> so, so they can make it tie in more with the new stuff we're going to learn from that movie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, know. I don't know how far in advance they plan this stuff. I mean, I, I, I can't remember if I heard it here or if I read or if I read some interviews or saw some interviews about about when uh, Winter Soldier came out. They had no idea what was going to happen. The cast didn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then they went in and saw the, the movie and came out. And they're like, are do we still have a job? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wondered if we were still the podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap up this part then and let's move into our field. No. Yeah. Yeah. Field, field reports. reports. Yeah. Yeah. Shield field report. All right. Evan is back with me. I did not drop him off. <laughs> I did not hide him in the glass elevator underneath the plane. We nope, are I'm still to... here. Yep. Speaking of which, site. did May hide that dark hole book in like a vent in that airplane? I don't know. Did we see her hide it? She hid it somewhere on the airplane. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Because she like turns around, like Mac calls her name, she turns around and like she just snuck something under her seat that she wasn't supposed to have. Oh, I thought she still had it. I thought it was visible. No. Oh. I don't remember now. My brain's... Anyway. Shot. It's time to talk about feedback. It's, it's time to look at some listener reactions to a couple different episodes here. So we're going to start with uh, Agent Rico, and I'll go ahead and read this one. Okay. The subject line is, you know, because nothing ever happened. <laughs> you know, because nothing ever happens when you mess with something called the Darkhold. <laughs> so it says, hey, Director Ben and Agent of the Week. Agent Rico here with a, some quick bullet points. One, I was starting to think Director Mace was going to turn out to be just a nice guy. That everyone was wary of him just because it wasn't Coulson. However, this episode showed a darker side to Director Mace that tells me he has a bigger plan for S.H.I.E.L.D. What's interesting to me is that he's playing all of the political routes and may not really know how to get things done like Fury did. If he does turn out to be a good guy, I expect him to learn to ignore a decision because it's a stupid decision like Fury did. Number two, Senator Snooky. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I have. Yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot her name and I just watched the episode is probably going to be a big part for the season as a whole. My only question is how long has her brother been in the cocoon? We've gotten well past the point where people turn to stone and disintegrate and Terragenesis only takes a few minutes at most. I feel like her brother might turn out to be another big bad. I'd like to say stuff about the dark hole, but there are just too many questions and might be answered in episode six. Anyway, still love the podcast. And director Ben has been doing great <laughs> despite the current situation. Each week's guest brings a new fun voice to the conversation, hoping things stabilize soon and keep up the good work. Agent Rico out enough said. And thank you, Agent Rico, that, uh, that each week's guest brings in a new fun voice to the conversation. I hope that that actually uh, is, is working out that way. Um, yes, because that is kind of 
it's not the intended reason why we're doing it, but I'm hoping it's one of those unexpected positives that comes out of a, you know, a tough situation. So yes, indeed. Then I have something to say about this email. What? I have my own theory about her brother in the cocoon. Tell me. Okay. I think she was there when he went through Terra Genesis and I think she killed him while he was in the cocoon. And that's why it has not uh, disintegrated. There could be something like that going on. That's that's my theory. I like his theory too, though. That'd be cool if he's just like a super powerful inhuman. That'd be neat. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, there. Who knows? We're definitely coming back to it, though. Okay, I've got. <laughs> I've got the next email. It's a long one, so just buckle up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I <laughs> I think that this person's feedback is actually kind of poking fun at me oh really yeah well i kept i called i last week's episode was called lock up lock up and i called it lockout the entire episode ah lock so, up, lock up. to the point where the the shortened link welcome level com slash i used the word lockout <laughs> i created another one that was lock up that went to the same place just in case and one person actually did do that so well, here it is. It's called Lock Up Winky Face, the subject title is, and this is the feedback here. Sorry this is late. Just had time to watch anyway. Did you not see the motorcycle parts in the basement? It was awesome. Take care, agents. Oliver from Winnipeg. I, I didn't did see I did those not. parts, Oliver, but now we know that they are not for Robbie's motorcycle. He might get one. No, we knew but they we, weren't for Robbie's motorcycle. Yeah. I knew that at least, but we have a motorcycle ghost rider now. So be happy. He's been on screen now. No, I, I did not see them because I was focused on that poster, which I was glad because I got, you know, some information out of that, that which poster, us, there was a poster on the wall in the, in the cellar for a carnival. And that carnival was a carnival from s- certain Ghost Rider stories oh. That, that, oh. that involved Johnny Blaze. By the way, I saw a still image of the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider today. And uh, in a in a side by side comparison to Robbie's that like their skull flaming heads. Yeah. And Johnny Blaze's skull is more like a traditional, less stylized skull. So there's differences uh, in in yeah. the skulls, you know, there was someone who was saying that some they tried to get like the smoke looking like it was a, coming from a car kind of thing. Uh, I feel like Robbie Reyes's skull is kind of ha- it kind of has a chrome feel to it, hmm. like a you know the metal of the car kind of thing. So I don't know. Uh, this is from Agent Carl. Subject: Season Four. Greetings. Finally getting caught up in all things MCU just in time for Doctor Strange. I really missed your show this summer, but had there been one, I never would have caught up in time. Couple thoughts on season four. Love it. The pacing is great. The story is fantastic. And the new characters? Can't wait to see where they take us. Here are some random thoughts bouncing around my head after the latest episode and podcast. I am completely in the dark and unspoiled when it comes to Doctor Strange, so this might not be anywhere near the ballpark like the Cubbies the last few games. But I am really hoping that the movie and our show are in alignment, and what happens with the Doctor will help our team with the ghosts of the Darkhold. 
my thinking is that why we have sep- is that is why we have two separate story arcs going on right now. The doctor will help our team fix one, leaving the other for the rest of the season. Of course, with the normal pace of the show, both could be solved before mid-season break or mid mid-season break. That's, yeah. that's me pointing in there. <laughs> Um, then he says, I too did not like the beginning of the season when our team was fractured, although it did help to remind me of the great team that we did have in previous seasons. I am hoping that our writers are using it as a metaphor for the larger MCU. Things are fractured at times, but it will be brought back together to make things even better. Having known several friends that have faced addiction problems, the theory of hive withdrawal for both Daisy and James seems to make perfect sense to me. My thoughts on whether or not May knows that Ada is an android put my tally on the no side while Ada is treating may. She does not display the touchy feely sentimental human traits and focuses directly on the, her mission of treatment. No chit chat, no getting to know the patient patient, no talk of a family life, a display of humanity right in may's wheelhouse. (laughs) That's why she wants to know why she hasn't met her before. The fact that the watchdogs are using a prison as a recruiting ground that happens to be the same location where uncle Eli is serving time cannot be a coincidence. Is Uncle Eli somehow connected? I think so. Just can't come up with a wild scenario to make the connection. Trying to find some time to rewatch Civil War to see if we can find Director Mace. But in the meantime, could the favor Senator Nadir is looking for from the director be help with her husband? Or I think you called him the brother. Evan, mm. Who seems to be stuck in Terragenesis. As a senator, she could have been privy to some type of classified briefing that discussed the balance for the inhuman population. With the explosion of transformations because of the fish oil, maybe she thinks that if she kills enough inhumans or the one with the right capabilities, her husband will then be able to complete his transformation. But now she knows that the director's inhuman. Maybe she can leverage him to provide help with her husband. He has to have some pretty good intel on the process, don't you think? That's it from here. I'll be writing in Phil next week. Yet another theory. Yeah, so... I don't know. I, I, I really feel like we just don't know enough about Senator Nadir. Uh, to, I can't theorize anything about her right now, especially since what I do know is she seems to be against Inhumans. She has that Terragenesis statue guy and she wants to work with Mace. So I, I don't know what her motivations is. I For her, I just have to wait. I just have to wait. So. All right. Um, hey, this next one from Agent Dylan. Let's skip that until later on. Okay. Because that has to do with Luke Cage. Let's do um, Agent Rebecca first. All right. From Agent Rebecca, the subject line is Marvel TV Home Media. Hi, guys. I just wanted to ask if you've heard anything about when, or even if, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3 and Agent Carter Season 2 are being released on DVD or Blu-ray. I've been uh, scouring the internet since the beginning of August looking for any mention of a release date or announcement that they'd only be available on digital, but I haven't found anything. Although I have come across a few shady-looking sites that are supposedly selling an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3 DVD set, and I found some listings for it on eBay. Agent Rebecca. I have looked into this, and guess what, Agent Rebecca? I have pretty much found the exact same thing you found, (laughs) um, which is nothing and the shady site. The shady site that I found seemed to be selling a region-free DVD from Australia, Mm. and and it did not look like an official release. So I, I, 
I have not heard anything. And I, then I started looking for press releases or any kind of release. Like you were saying, um, sounds like you and I are pretty much level together with our Google foo powers. Um, because <laughs> we both came up with, with zero points on this one. So, um, I, I, and I, I haven't heard anything about, uh, Amazon because last time around for season two of agents of shield and season one of agent Carter, those are both Amazon exclusives hmm. or were Amazon exclusives, not sold anywhere else. And so I, I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, it is available I, to purchase digitally. You can, you can purchase it from Amazon, uh, home, uh, streaming service or whatever. And, and that purchase allows you to stream it whenever you want as many times as you want. But that's that's all and from the uh, Apple Store also, I think you can do it. So, um, yeah, yeah, I ran into the same exact problem with trying to buy Johnny Tsunami, the uh, Disney Channel original movie. Could only find it in like Australia on VHS. That's great. Um, yeah. Now I did also run into that problem with Doctor Strange, the TV movie. Oh, but wait, <laughs> it's out on DVD now, and. It, it's going to be talked about in post credits. So, yeah. Okay. All right. From Agent Dallas. Subject Season four, episode six. One of my favorite episodes so far. Love the origin of Robbie. I particularly like the shot of Robbie through the air. I liked seriously Mace this episode. However, I think he's getting played by the senator. I think he sent Simmons to her, not knowing her motive. I'm really liking Fitz this season and Mac as well. The only question is, who is Eli supposed to be? Great episode. Excited to see what the season has in store. And my answer to that question, who is Eli supposed to be? Uh, honestly, my answer is he's supposed to be Uncle Eli. <laughs> like, that's a comic character. Uh, they could use him to be another villain, but I just don't know. And I think that might be your question, but we've already talked about that a little bit. So. All right. Our next email is from Agent Rico and is titled The Good Samaritan. Okay, first of all, what a cliffhanger! Now that that's out of the way, this episode was enjoyable for a multitude of reasons. First off, I really like how they handle Johnny Blaze. It was enough to establish a legacy without going headfirst into the whole Ghost Rider mythology. <laughs> Head first. I like what you did there, Agent Rico. I wonder if they even tried to copy Nick Cage's skull from the movies. It seemed different than the skull Robbie has. Secondly, I like how they brought back Agent Carter for the Darkhold storyline. And of course, Mac has to lampshade the evil sounding names. I think the twist with Robbie's uncle may have been the mid episode twist for this half season arc. I'm under the working theory that Fitz, Coulson, and Robbie are in the same state the doctor in Agent Carter was in, still on this plane, but intangible. Anyway, can't wait to hear you guys talk about this episode, you guys being Director Avery and the Agent of the Week. And hey, this two-week uh, two break might be a good thing for you guys. I hope it's going to be a good thing. We've talked about our plans, but I've talked about plans before. And... <laughs> I, and it's like I a four-week break. Yeah. All I know for certain is our next episode is Doctor Strange. Yes. So, and, yeah, as far as are they trying to copy Nick Cage's skull, I don't know. But as Agent Evans said, they definitely um, made it look different than 
Yes. Than Robbie's. And um, I and I like how you said that they might be in the same state as the Doctor was in from Agent Carter. That would be a sweet tie-in. I'm kind of hoping that we'll get to see them, like, in the boxes. Oh. Huh. You know, I think that'd be kind of neat. Or they're all, like, I'm, I'm just picturing them in, like, this other plane of existence, like in a infinite whiteness or something. I think that'd be neat. That could be. I Or... Honestly, in another plane, like Doctor Strange type of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that once they see the movie, they'll know how to visualize it. <laughs> and they have four weeks to do it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Exactly. See, they've already they've already filmed them on the green screen. Now they just got to figure out what to put on the green screen. They'll know tomorrow. Well, it's quite possible <laughs> that they knew like a week ago when they did the red carpet premiere. And it's been, has it? Re- I think it released in in England already in Europe. Yes, you're right. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, Evan, for coming and and joining here. No problem. Here. Thanks um, for inviting me. Evan is a regular co-host with me over at uh, Strangers and Aliens, and so Evan will not be joining us on Welcome to Level Seven to talk about Doctor Strange, but. Evan and I will be talking about Dr. Strange over at strangers and aliens. Indeed. Yeah. All right. (laughs) You sound real excited for that, Ben. (laughs) Well, I'm a little distracted right now. Why? Well, there's just some different smells and and things here in my, my house. And (laughs) I I think that, yeah, yeah. My wife just handed me, some some goggles to put on and really wow you know okay well you know because we're a little worried about what might possibly happen if there were to be a gas leak and a you know we maybe would turn the stove on so thanks i feel so much better knowing that if i die in a fire explosion my eyeballs will survive Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Okay, credits have been played. It, that means we're in the post credit. And Yay! Yeah, and so that voice there was not Evan, was not Stuart. It was actually someone. I don't know if you ever sent in any audio recordings, but you have sent messages to the podcast. That was uh, one of my podcast friends or blogosphere friend, whatever. It's Hank Harwell. That's his name. Yeah, so that's me. Welcome, Hank. <laughs> Glad to be here. Thanks, Agent Hank. I guess for for this appearance. For these purposes. Yeah, yeah. And Hank is here to talk about the Doctor Strange movie. 
Not that Doctor Strange movie. No, no, that one will be later. <laughs> the Doctor Strange movie from 1978, which was, oh, what network was that on? Do you know? CBS. CBS? Okay. Yeah, actually, it's, it was a, a failed pilot. They were looking to make a Doctor Strange TV series. Yeah, and this was around the time when you had Incredible Hulk, you had the Spider-Man. Uh, series, which I'm not sure how long that lasted, and then the Captain America pilot movies as well, around that same same time period there in the late 70s. Right. It definitely is of its time. Oh, very much. There's that. So here's, okay, briefly, this was set up to get Stephen Strange as the Sorcerer Supreme, or at the beginning of his, this is his origin story. I, I'm just going to throw this out here right now. I'm just, I'm not saving this. I really, really, really liked this thing. I'm watching this and I'm just thinking to myself, I can't recommend this to almost anyone, but I can't help but enjoy myself. I think this is going to be on a yearly rotation for me. I, I think I'm going to watch this around Halloween next year as well. Oh, that would be perfect, actually. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's the deal. I thought I'd seen more of it. I thought I might have even seen the whole thing at some point, but apparently I hadn't because I didn't know... I, I I just seen bits and pieces and it's interesting some of my reading on this just uh, getting ready for this I, I ran across some things where it said that uh, Stan Lee was actually very involved in the uh, in, you know in, in the writing and not in the writing but in just putting this thing together in fact he said that uh, in an interview that he was more pleased actually he was very pleased with how it turned out and was very disappointed in the ratings. Um, but uh, the ratings were such that were, were the, re the reason for the ratings were because CBS decided to put it up against a, a rebroadcast of Roots, and Roots just killed it. So here's what you get with Doctor Strange. This, let's start with the soundtrack. I want that soundtrack. <laughs> it, has, it has some funky, well, it has literally funk music, it has sweeping epic 70s music. It has this kind of weird, strange music that they used during magical scenes and stuff like that that hearkened to me back to Jerry Goldsmith's uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, electronic score. Yeah, well, just with some of those strange instruments where it's like they're hitting cables with wrenches and stuff like that. Star Trek The Motion Picture was, what, 79? I think so, yeah. And this, yeah. this came out in 78, so, so that predated it. Yeah, and but the music, man, it's so seventies. It's, it's so seventies, yeah. and and then you have the special effects, very very seventies. But they're trying, they're referencing uh, two thousand one with some of these special effects. They're referencing Superman, I, I believe, um, with, with the, the flying, right? yeah, totally. <laughs> um, actually, it's imagine the Superman Lois Lane flying scene. But they're flying through uh, the space entity at the end of two thousand one. <laughs> that that's a good description. And and, and the uh, uh, I read somewhere also that the uh, an assistant to the composer is now working with Michael Giacchino, huh. <laughs> who's doing the who's, who's doing, doing the soundtrack. The new, yeah, the new Doctor Strange soundtrack. So there's just connections all over the place. Man, man. Uh, so you have Doctor Strange fighting. <laughs> Here's how I'll describe his villains. Um, a very pretty middle-aged woman who is older than she looks, but um, 
she's she's looking you know middle aged. Um, a very whiny dire wraith. <laughs> There's literally a point where he's, why did you fail? He used the name of power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was... and, and the voice for that, by the way, was uh, the guy who played Lurch in the Adams Family for the, the for that the TV dire wraith guy. Yeah, that was he, he did the voice. That's funny. And then you have a skinny Jabba the Hutt puppet. Yeah. Uh, who's cloaked in smoke. And, and and I'm making it sound bad, and and it is, but it's so right in so many ways. It was good for the seven, for the late 70s. Well, actually, yeah. You, if you've you, come a long way since then. That villain, they did a very good job considering their resources and and what's available for them with with special effects they did a good job of making him otherworldly um, right with the smoke the shape it, but it's it, it's the 70s tv budget it's the 70s you know sets that they're using to create this you know the this dark dimension and man they're they're substituting the universal lot in la for new york oh absolutely yeah uh, hank do you recommend this to anyone <laughs> Would you recommend uh, this to anyone? Completionist, most more than anything else, really. If you're just <laughs> really into Marvel on the screen, you got to you got to at least see it. You may not want to own it. You may you not, you know, may not make it to your collection, but you should at least see it because there's a lot. It's it, it there's a lot of things where it's faithful to the, to the comic. Um, you, there's some things where it's obviously not. You know, back in the '70s, again, they they played fast and loose. With the uh, uh, with some of the themes and some of the uh, plots and things like that, but this well, one was he, pretty. He's a psychologist, not a surgeon, right? You know, and and that's again, that's kind of very that seventies where psychology is becoming more and more accepted, and not just more and more accepted, but also um, super prevalent. I mean, the, this is that's where you take care of your problems, is, right? Is psychology. And, and and it goes along with the idea of the, of of again just the the trippiness of the mm-hmm. of the character itself. You know, I mean, you're, you're going to be, you know, when you're having these kinds of of what the rest of us would look at and say that those are hallucinations or psychotic breaks or whatever. That's where you're going to go to. Um, but it it's showing us that this is there is an other world. You know that maybe these people who are having these hallucinations really are seeing something other than what the rest of us are seeing. Yeah. Speaking of other worlds, there's another world out there somewhere, another earth in another universe where this became a TV series <laughs> and it lasted three seasons, maybe four and even had a crossover with the Hulk two hour episode on CBS. I'd watch that. Yeah. But, uh, what, just one, one last thing though, that I thought, um, was, um, was really interesting too, and when I, and when I was looking it up in the, in the trivia section of uh, IMDb, the the villainess, the you know as yeah. you describe her, the middle aged woman, that's actually the first Marvel villain to be portrayed in live action. She predates uh, the appearance of Kingpin on the Trial of the Incredible huh. Hulk. Really? Yeah, and she's actually Morgana, her she's appearance. Fay, right, and, and which is one of Doctor Strange's villains in in the comics. Yep, and and she only appeared just a few months before in the comics. I wonder if they had her appear in the comics because they knew she was coming on the show. Uh, that 
That that would be a great question. I, I I couldn't answer that. But it's true. I mean, the Captain America TV movies didn't have any uh, comic book villains. The the Spider Man TV show didn't have any, and the Hulk never, ever had any real references to the comic book universe. Uh, apparently, until uh, Trial of the Trial of the Incredible yeah. Hulk, they had Kingpin and Daredevil. Well, as far as villains, yeah, Kingpin. Right. But, but they just yeah, – a lot of times they were not connecting it back to the, the comics. And, and I thought this was interesting in that one reason why the, you know, the, the CBS decided to uh, start cutting back was that they didn't want to be seen as a comic book network. Yeah. They didn't want to be the CW. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if only they had known. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Who, here's who I recommend this to. If you want to see a 70s TV movie that references – Things like The Exorcist and The Omen with the 70s, or not just The Omen. Um, oh, what's the one with Mia Farrow? Rosemary's, Rosemary's Baby. Baby. Rosemary's oh, Baby. okay. All yeah. right. Uh, just some of the, the culty stuff happening in Rosemary's Baby. Uh, but with Star Wars, t- low-rent TV Star Wars special effects, low-rent yep. TV Superman special effects. And if you want – if you throw that all into a bag – for a fairly faithful representation of a comic book character who just, I think was maybe a B-list character at the time in the 70s. That's, and that might be generous. Um, with an awesome soundtrack, an, a hero with an awesome perm and an awesome mustache who yeah. ends up with one of the stash. worst. <laughs> he, he downgrades his costume. He the, A villainous gives him these magic looking robes but then when he turns into doctor strange the the superhero he looks yeah awful. he looks awful but they he oh that at that point it was just all of a sudden wait a minute he was looking good and now yeah, he's wearing spandex <laughs> okay well i guess superman did it so if christopher reeve can pull it off wait this guy's no christopher reeve well and it's funny too because the uh I, you know, looking at it again after having read the comments from the uh, the, the the producer, they were looking at uh, trying to come up with a costume that would justify him wearing a cape. And his idea was, oh well, you know, this is you know, you wear a cape when you go to the opera, right? So it should look like he's going to the opera. <laughs> what? Well, not that final costume. The robes no. that he had when he was you know coming out of the dark dimension that she had given to him when she was trying to seduce him to the dark side. Uh, literal seduction to a literal dark side. Um, yeah. It, that was a cool looking costume and it fit perfectly the vibe. And then this one's like, wait a minute. Oh yeah. I guess this is supposed to be a superhero thing. Okay. So. Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, that's where we are. <laughs> well, this is just a post credit. So we're going to stop there, but go to welcome level seven.com slash Amazon and, or go to the show notes at welcome to level seven.com slash Samaritan. And you can find links to purchase the movie. And that actually helps us, uh, helps the podcast pay for hosting and also for some equipment needs that we have. So we'd appreciate it if you did that, but even if you don't, you got to look at some, some of the scenes on, on YouTube. It's, it's, worth, oh, yeah. it's worth your time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that the, the, the uh, trailer's there. So yeah, yeah. Do that and have fun. Yeah. So thank you, Hank, for joining me. And, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get together again soon. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause, uh, last time we talked was when the Lone Ranger came out. Yeah. That's been a, that, that long. Wow. You, Sorry. You helped me review that movie over at strangers and aliens. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk again soon. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Later. Okay.